wisdom rise ancestors surround us rise. welcome to advancing the art of aging i'm carol silver elliott president and ceo of the jewish home family a continuum of services for older adults located in northern new jersey and i am really delighted today to have as our guest stephen loring We met Stephen when we were introduced to one of his films, The Age of Love, and we actually used it as a community education opportunity. We showed the film, and then he was kind enough to join us to answer questions and share some commentary. But I have to say that that we all, talking about love, we all fell in love with your film. Stephen, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. It's my pleasure. So would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself and sort of how you got into becoming a filmmaker? Oh, that, well, that's a, that's a long story. It's been <laughs> a, a long journey of life. Um, I, I can tell you how I came into making this particular film, which to me is kind of a key story in my sure. development. Um, I, I'm not, a gerontologist. In my former careers, I've been a research chemist and a public relations executive and a screenwriter in Hollywood. And I've come later in life to becoming a documentary filmmaker, but I'm certainly not a gerontologist. I'm not an expert on aging. I've never studied it or have any particular insight. I, I had four grandparents who all lived close to me until I was in my 30s, which is probably an education in aging. But um, I really didn't think much of it until my own life kind of gave me an impetus to start on this project. And what happened is that there were two things that happened, actually. The first was that my dad died um, rather suddenly, and he left my mom, who was at the time in her early 70s, really suddenly without her most intimate soulmate, her partner in life. Mm -hmm. Um, She was alone, really, for the first time in her life. And the picture I remember in my mind is one night sitting in her kitchen over tea. It was a few weeks after my dad passed away, and I was looking through insurance forms and uh, you know official paperwork, and she was reading condolence cards. And suddenly she just looked up at me, and she said, is that it? Mm. And I kind of looked up, and she said, nobody is ever going to hug me or hold me or touch me again. As, as long as I live, she said, for 50 years, I was part of a team. And now suddenly I'm just another old lady in the world alone. And I was really stunned by that. I mean, I'm thinking I'm the good son taking care of all the daily chores and making sure she's fed and the house is taken care. Of. I mean, all the things that you assume that older people need. And she was really talking about something else completely. Sure. And the other thing that happened was the same spring, my dad's older brother, um, Melvin, my uncle, he had always lived alone. He never married or had children. Um, he'd never even been on a date as far as we knew, but he moved into an assisted living community. And it was only maybe three weeks later that he met Evelyn, who was 80. And they really like locked the bedroom door and we're off to the races. I mean, it was a full blown teenage. I mean, it was in every, every 
aspect. It was a, a love affair. And the idea that, I mean, it's eight decades he spent on this planet all alone. Wow. But he was interested and capable and just ready to share this connection that he'd never even experienced in his life before. He never had anything to even relate it to. It was stunning to me. And I mean, there's all this was swirling in my mind, I guess. My mom and my uncle were sort of redefining themselves as emotional beings at a time in life when society says, you know, you're beyond that. You know, it's, it's, it's not real anymore. You know, your feelings aren't real. And I thought they can't be the only two people in the world dealing with this right sure. now. So I looked out into, into the world to see. I mean, as a filmmaker, I'm thinking, does love change? Does the experience of love change? Is our need for it? How we seek it out? How does it change as we as we age? And I really had no clue at that point there was such a thing as senior speed dating, which is what the film follows. But um, you know that that's what led me into this area, and it's uh, it was really it was really exciting to come upon something that I really saw nothing out in the media addressing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not about decline or um, you know medical care or arthritis. It's about growth. It's about aging and growth, aging and what lies ahead when we still have, you know, years ahead of us and the desire to be seen and understood by another human being still still lives on regardless of our wrinkles. So, yeah, you know, it's interesting. I mean, you really say it, you really say it beautifully. We tend to think of our parents and older adults as sort of you know, beyond that, beyond those very human needs and desires. And, you know, you see your parent as the parent, but you don't see them as being part of a couple or a person who is engaged in a relationship with an intimate relationship with someone else. And when you when you reframe it, you recognize that, wow, there's a whole dimension probably more than one dimension of their lives that we don't necessarily take into account yeah it's um there's another little story uh that kind of goes along with that that addresses that because i you know i I, like i say i came into this with my own um stereotypes and assumptions about aging and i the for people who don't know the movie follows a speed dating event for 70 to 90 year olds, it's a, a real event that people signed up for before I came along, um, and I was really startled that this even existed. And I thought, what a great topic for a film about the aging heart because it's upbeat and fun, and it doesn't involve you know lab coated experts talking about older adults, and it, it just people going through the experience at that age of, of opening themselves up and looking for somebody. But I thought, you know, this is not going to happen because these are older people and they're not, they're, they must be em- embarrassed in some level that they're, they signed up. They're not going to want to be exposed to the world on movie screens. They probably haven't even told their own kids or friends that they're, they signed up for this. There's no chance I'm going to be able to make this movie and get them on, on film. Um, and I got a list of the people in the film in any case because I just wanted to try it out. And I called the first woman and I explained, I'm a documentary filmmaker. I'm not going to embarrass you or make fun of you. I'm, I'm trying to look for guides into this world I don't really know about. And as I'm blabbering on, she <laughs> just suddenly stopped me. And she said, Stephen, look, 
I'm, I'm 74 years old and my children love me. They do everything children are supposed to do. We talk on the phone. We celebrate birthdays. You know, everything is seems okay. But even my own children never ask me what's in my heart. As far mm-hmm. as an emotional being, as far as what's going on in terms of who I am in my heart inside, I'm invisible in the world. And nobody seems to care. So why wouldn't I want to talk to you? And so get your camera, come over, and let's get started. <laughs> and I went through all 30 people because I had to have a release signed by everybody before I could make this, little by little getting more and more excited because, as it turned out, all 30 people were more than willing to sign this and to be put on camera and to express to me, the stranger, what they were feeling about age and love and connection and they were almost pleading with me to come you know to come uh-huh. and do it because and it just made me see that the question my mom asked of who's ever going to hug me again it was a real issue a really a profound issue and a lot of older adults lives so you know that was a an exciting kind of a leap of faith i took and it, it paid out you know it paid off at the end of the day for sure you know, um, if people haven't seen the film, I really encourage them to, to try and find a way to see it. I have to say that I thought it was extraordinary. And we, you know, many of us that saw it, we kind of fell in love with some of some of the elders that you interviewed for the film. So some of them, each one unique and charming and each with their own story but they also showed us their vulnerabilities, and I, I thought that was particularly meaningful. You know, um, when yeah. people were selected or not selected or their date didn't go well. Can you talk about that for a minute? Um, yeah, I think a lot of people told me that when they were younger, I mean, it kind of goes to the question of how does love change or does it change as we age? and I think a lot of the people in the film expressed to me that when they were younger, vulnerability wasn't really an option. They had to be cool. They had to be tough. They had to be popular. They had to drive the cars and show that they had the money to pay. You know, whatever it was that attracted a mate when they were younger and became known as like the romantic um, pursuit. It had to be based on being tough and invulnerable and cool and charming and whatever, not really what they were feeling inside, but kind of hiding what they were inside and presenting a, something to the world that they knew the world demanded. But at this age, you know, one of the men described to me that when he dates now in his 70s, he sits down with a, with a woman and they're both... Um, you know, unsure of what lies ahead. They're both, they have their own fears about life. They have their own uh, loves and losses that have informed who they've become and they can be vulnerable. They can open themselves up to each other without fear that they'll be judged poorly for that. And he said that brings a whole nother profound dimension to what it means to start a relationship at this point in life because we can be who we really are we know who we are more we know what we want we know what we don't want and we can express that openly and you know when I walked into these people's kitchens or living rooms whatever with my camera equipment for the first time I was stunned at how 
open they were with me. I mean, you, you can see in the film that people are ready to expose themselves in a way they never would have been earlier in life. And, you know, it, it was a great lesson to me in terms of, you know, you, you love is love, I think. Mm -hmm. Love is not being alone. Love is being seen and understood by another human being. It's the deceit of loneliness, whatever. It's covered up with a lot of stuff when you're young. But when you're older and the rest of it is stripped away, I think it still is the same, not being alone and being seen and appreciated yeah, by another seen. person. I think that I think that being seen is a huge piece of it for everybody, right? We we talk about that with our staff that each individual needs to be seen as who they are and their preferences and their desires and all of those things. I I was really taken by the fact that that these older adults would put themselves forward at speed dating. I mean, it's a, you know, it's an uncomfortable, it's uncomfortable to even contemplate to, to walk into a room full of strangers and be in all of these quick conversations and feel like, whoa, they're being, they're sort of being judged, right? And then that, yeah. that, um, that all important moment where they get their results and they have to, they have to really process good, bad, or indifferent, you know, who they matched with or who didn't choose to match with them. You filmed a number of those sort of uh, reveal moments. What was that like yeah. for you? Well, that was probably the most uh, intense part of the film. Just to go back to what you said a moment before, you know, the, the sense that when I first met these people, they were open, but the idea of a speed dating event was kind of a lark to them. It was like, oh, we can laugh at this over dinner. This will be fun. Ha, ha, ha. And as it got closer and I continued to follow them, they, you know, I started to see that who they were inside was not different. I mean, their their teenage selves were not gone. They were maybe latent, what's it called, dormant inside them, but those longings and insecurities, uh, you know, issues about body image or popularity, I mean, things that teenagers deal with every day, and the anticipation, um, are you, am I going to be accepted? What will they think of me? Uh, what will I think of them? Those same emotions came up, and you can see it in the film. I mean, when you walk into the speed dating event, it was almost like a smell of teenage hormones in the mm -hmm. room. You know, everybody was dressed and their hair was done and their clothes and they sat down with like a look in their face of anticipation um so when they finally opened their results envelopes later on i wasn't surprised at that point to see the depth of emotion i mean i i kind of drew it out a little bit i was alone with them filming i didn't want to have a film crew you know i wanted them to feel comfortable with just me and you could see as they were kind of talking about the event before they could open their envelopes. They just had <laughs> like an anticipatory sense, like, yeah. let me find out already. Let me see what's going on. And, and um, you know, they, they were, everybody had a different opinion. I mean, the, the, the people who got a lot of matches were joyous, literally like smiling and joyous as, as if they were accepted as 16 year olds again. And yeah. the people who didn't get the matches they wanted, even at 80 years old, 
had the same feeling. One woman says, you know, I'm crushed. And yeah. who would expect that, right, from a, a person who's already a, a grandmother or great-grandmother that they could feel crushed by not getting the match at a social event. But who we are, it just pointed out, who we are inside really lives on. It's, it's there and it stays there and it's accessible in the right situation. I think society doesn't give older people the opportunities to do something like this, so we don't see it and we assume it's gone. But the film brings out the fact that it's not gone and given the right opportunities, you know, we age differently outside than we do inside. It, you know, it, it's so true. And I think it, it all harks back to what your, what your mom said about who's going to hug me, who's going to be there for me, who's going to be my, I've lost my, my partner. And those emotions aren't any different than the teenager with a breakup or the wanting to be accepted. It's all universal emotions that just because you're over 80 doesn't mean that they go away. We still have the same emotional core that we've always had, just in an, an older package. Stephen? I think, I think that's, I'm, I, was say, I think that's why the film works really well because it does talk. It's not a story. It's a story about aging, but it's not a story that focuses on aging. It's a story that focuses on love. And we know what love is. You know, all of us know at any generation what it is to, to want to find somebody and to be with them. And when we screen the film with 16-year-olds and 80-year-olds together in the same audience, and the 16-year-olds are going like, you know, listening to the 80-year-olds talk about their dating hopes and going, oh, my God, I know exactly what you're <laughs> feeling. It's yeah. a moment of, like, uh, transcendence there. Like, we've broken that barrier about that. age stereotypes because people are feeling the same thing at I love that. 70 years apart. That's, re that's really beautiful. What, what if people would like to see the film that haven't seen it? How can they see it? Well, I'm, I'm, it, hopefully it will be uh, widely available in the streaming service before too long. Right now, I mean, the COVID situation put us way back in distribution. Sure. And I've been traveling the world doing uh, screenings for community groups. I mean, any community group or organization a healthy aging group or a company or, you know, even an individual, a synagogue or a church or whoever is interested in bringing this conversation to their community can go to our website, theageoflovemovie.com and get information and write in to us so we can get started on that. And the reason I was doing community screenings is because I really was interested in using this to start you know, not just to watch it at home alone, but to follow up on the theme of the movie by screening it in groups of, with groups of people where they could talk about it and also then follow it up, hopefully, with a community speed dating or speed friendship event. Because a lot of people say, well, they're having fun up on the screen and that looks interesting, but what about me? So we've created a speed dating kit, which goes along with the film and it gives everything a community group needs to put on their own event and start you know, bringing a real change to the lives of people on the ground in their own local area, which is what I was, you know, obviously COVID didn't help with that, but uh, we're getting started with that again. And I'm also you know, actively getting the film now into universities and into libraries and streaming will probably be 
uh, the next thing in the in the months or you know, maybe by next year for sure. So, but come to the website and read about it and keep updated there. If anybody is interested, and reach out and give me a call and we'll we'll work something out. That's great. Thank you. Um, once again, our guest today was Stephen Loring, and we're talking about his film, The Age of Love. And if you do have an opportunity to see it, or if you can make an effort to organize a screening, well worth your time. Stephen, thank you so much for being with us today. It was a real pleasure. Thank you. It's always fun to talk to you. Rise, all of the children rise. Elders with wisdom rise. Ancestors surround us rise.